What's the status of your life? What does that really mean? We're going to dig deep today to show you how to get out of a mundane status quo, push past fears, and jump into a fulfilled life. Broadcasting from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time to design your life on Status Life with Lita. Status Life with Lita is presented by Derek Hayes Law at 404-777-HURT. And by Five Strands Affordable Testing. Invest in your health at fivestrands.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. I'm the host of the show, Derek Hayes. I'm here to introduce the star of our show, Miss Lita Brooks Hayes. Hello, Lita. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're starting off season four today. Season four today. That's yes, great. I know. I'm very excited. Well, before we go any further, Lita has been working as an interior designer for over 20 years. She's incredibly talented and is now designing, blogging, and podcasting full time. If that wasn't enough, Lita is a mother of two and now two more and devotes her time to teaching others how to achieve their goals and live life to the fullest. She sums it up best in her branded hashtag, Design Your Life. Design Your Life. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to jump into this today. I'm very excited. Well, yes, but we've also been designing in our home. We have. And I'd like to talk about that for a second. Do we have a second? Yeah, let's do that. Are you the timekeeper of all things? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Master of ceremonies, host, whatever else you want to call me. (laughs) What makes this so wonderful is not a renovation. It's not a home project. It's that all the individual touches, let's put them that way, that are going into the home. You and I have been collecting these for years. Yes, we have. Yes. And we've traveled to find these unique pieces that are going in the home. And it's very... I thought we were going very rustic chic, which is the coined design trend that I sort of use when I talk about my personal style. I'm rustic chic. I love texture. I love stone. I love wood beams. And I love to pair them with beautiful lighting. And I always pick a current rug and current paint colors. I don't want heavy and dated. But the basement, which is the remodel, right? It's a ranch on a finished, or a a full basement, I should say. It's very old world. We've got some really neat things. The interesting thing is that there are things that I had before I met you, and likewise things that you had before you met me. We didn't keep many of your things. Of course we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. After we uh, downsized my collection of things, there were some things that survived. Talk about, we've joked about it a million times on the show. What are your things that we have had to hide? Yes, there were five dumpsters of my things and a half a dumpster No, I'm talking about we're not decorating the walls in the family room with jerseys. Sports memorabilia. Thank you. And you do collect it, and we did find a spot for it. Yeah. Between the exercise room and And your office. office. See, and you can display a collection beautifully. I talk about that all the time, uh, especially on Instagram. I just did a presentation this morning at 6 a.m. about this. You can have anything you want. You just have to do it correctly. And if you don't know how to do that, that's where I come in. And what I was saying is there were things that I had that did survive that are going to be built into the basement. And likewise, things that you have had that... uh, you had before we met and before we got married that are also going to be used. But then again, too, we've had the things that we found together. Uh, we've traveled. We've done the antiquing thing. We've gone to, oh, goodness, we've gone to flea markets. We've gone to antique stores. We have found stuff all over the place. And it's all come together to create this basement, like you said, with all kinds of old world accents. It's going to be 
absolutely stunning and unique. I keep using that word over and over because I've always said one of a kind. I want one of a kind. And that is definitely true. But unique and one of a kind, they go hand in hand. And I just want my design and decor to be something that no one has seen, but I want it to blend very beautifully as well. I would recommend anyone, if you're intrigued by the renovation that we're talking about, this large-scale design project, go to my Instagram, status, life with Lita, L-E-T-A. Uh, it is all there. I'm showing daily stories and reels and just putting all the content up on Instagram. So if you give it a follow, uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And you just did one about the wine cellar we're putting in. Right. We are putting in a wine cellar. We actually built a wine cellar around a beautiful red wine cabinet. And if you can't picture how that's going to look, definitely yeah. go to my stories. Uh, Derek, I found an old iron door and I texted Derek a picture around Christmas, not even thinking about Christmas. And I said, wouldn't this look cool in the basement? And of course, Christmas morning, that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Among other things, you didn't just get a door. No, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm happy with a door. Give a designer uh, an iron door. That's fabulous. And currently, we just got a text right before we went on air, it's being installed. Oh, it is? It I is. Know that. Yes, okay. they are installing Good. it, and the stonework is going around it. So tonight, we may have another completed project to Sweet. put out. Yes. I'm, I know. I'm so excited well, about design. along the same lines, your excitement over a, a door. So for Mother's Day, <laughs> I can't think of many other guys that would ever say this, but for Mother's Day, you asked for one thing. A nail gun. Yeah, well. A nail gun. How many moms ask project. for a nail gun? I have lots of projects, but yes. I have to finish our half bath. So, so yes. you got a nail gun. I got a nail day. gun. I want to put the trim up. I want to do it. I'm not a DIYer. I love a good project. I love to paint. I love to create. My biggest constraint is time. But I want to try to tackle this bathroom. And I a want nail gun to learn will speed it up. how to use the saw and the nail gun. And so thank will speed you. It up for sure. Thank you. All right. Well, a lot, of, a lot of other things we need I know, to talk we about today. Do, so, and it's so fun, though. And okay. I do want to kind of transition from that because you've you've been through a lot of changes, uh, life changes with us getting married, the home, the renovations, all those things. But consistently in all of your businesses, all your LLCs, you've used one word, and that's status. And you talk about status in the podcast, status life with Lita. Uh, your blog, Status Life with Lita. So if you would, take time to first define that term as what it means to you and the concept of status. It has definitely changed over time. So I'm going to go back just a hair. And when I was creating my first corporation, and that is Status Design Studio. That's my interior design firm. I have a partner. Her name is Nicole. She's a fabulous and insanely talented interior designer. And we would meet, we were both pregnant, and we would meet for lunch dates. And we kept coming up, I call it think tank, right? When you just brainstorm. And we came up with all these action words. And we were trying to think, what's design? We had lux. We had elite. We had status. Status. If you use us, we're going to elevate your status. Okay. I mean, that's one way to think of it. And that is what we named the design firm and it was Status Design Studio. But over the years, it really changed because I'm not here to elevate anything. It, it's not me, right? I'm mm -hmm. not a, I don't think I'm a pretentious person. I think I'm very down to earth. I prefer to buy old cool stuff at flea markets and consignment stores and while all of that has a place in design, and I can create some absolutely beautiful spaces, 
Um, I'm not high end and I'm not modern. And what taking that to now, where that word and why I continue to use it, this is status life with Lita. The number one question I ask, whether you go to my blog, if you go to you know the fine print here on this podcast, it says, ask yourself, what is the status of your life? And that's what we're going to work on. That's a deep question. It's too. a deep question, and it makes you think. You can't hear that question, question and say, oh, what's the status of my children, my marriage, my career, my weight, my friendships? Is there something? Are, are you completely content in all areas of your life? I seriously doubt it. In every single area, you're 100% content, everyone. I doubt it. I doubt it. So what are the things that you want to dive into and you want to change? That asks, what is your status? And status quo, that is the mundane. That Mm -hmm. is the everyday. That is just going through the motions. And so status became, do you want to sit in status quo? Or do you want to dig in and design your life? And designing it truly means making the changes to have more adventure, have more happiness, have more time. We're going to talk about this a lot, but for me, I had all those things. I met you. I had a wonderful relationship, great kids. I didn't have time. So if you would have asked me, what's the status of your life? I, my go-to answer was, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I would sit in this podcast chair every week and go, I'm so busy. I was always so rushed. Everything was so frazzled. Even my bio would take you three minutes just to spit it out because I had so much going on. So again, we're going to dig more into what that actually meant and why I was doing that. That's part of the show today. And that's a really great question for you to ask because it's going to transition into that. But for me, taking things off of my plate released my status quo. Mm-hmm. I, I elevated and I designed my life by closing some of my businesses, which you wouldn't necessarily think would be the answer, especially someone who's very success driven, who's very type A. I'm an entrepreneur. I have all these different LLCs. Uh, I had to free up my time. That's how I, that was my step. So design. it was more or less cutting back on some of the mundane routine things, alleviating those and then adding things that were not considered to be mundane and routine. And kind of taking a deeper jump into things that you might not have done otherwise. Laundry. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Okay. It's polar opposite. For me, it was all work. Um, Yeah. You know, doing more. I was able to coach a running club for at at the elementary school. I didn't have time for that before. And it was so rewarding and fascinating. And I love mentoring those young girls. And I love running. Just things like that. Cooking dinner more. Focusing on healthy foods at our home, um, helping you at the law firm. Sure. You know, I've been able right. to take a role and help out with social media and marketing. Just, I've been, we're newly married. Mm-hmm. This is our first year. You know, being a wife, that's a, that's a different role. I haven't been married in a very long time. Yes, so, it is. So, all right, I have another meaning. question. Yes. Another question that come to, comes to mind. Okay. So when you're talking about getting out of the status quo and taking some of these risk, if you want to call it that, or changes, if you want to call it that, what seems to be the number one roadblock, the number one thing that prevents people from being able to, to do that? What is, I guess you'd say, the thing that, that stands out the most? A hundred percent fear. Okay. It's people's fear. They get blocked, and that's where we're going to break all this down, because if you have fear, sometimes you don't even realize it. 
You can have big paralyzing fears that possibly cause anxiety. You can have small fears, right? You can be afraid of heights. You can be afraid sure. of bugs. I mean, there are, there are tiny little fears and phobias, and then there are very real things. I mean, there are things that would be fearful. I'm going to use a career, for example. Um, using myself in, as an example is my best example because I'm here to share how I got through all this. Uh, I was afraid of failure. And I therefore, I was extremely overcommitted. It, things would come my way and they would be fabulous honors. Uh, I, you know, I even started doing some nonprofit work because I was asked as an established businesswoman with two successful retail stores to consult on a business. You met Chandra yes. and we did a podcast with that. Right. It was wonderful. I'm happy for the opportunity. But all I was doing was adding. It was not the right time. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. Please don't, Chandra, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't regret <laughs> that. But it, again, it took me away from being productive in my own businesses and being spread too thin. But that's fear. It's fear of saying no. It's fear of not putting more on the resume. It's fear of not having enough accolades. It could be financial fear for okay. a lot of people. So with that being said, let's elaborate a little more. So what okay. can fear cause you to do? to prevent these things from happening. All right, so there's quite a few of these. I am going to tackle, and we're going to go through them relatively quickly, but um, I've got eight ways that fear can hold us back, all right? The first way, and this is exactly what I was talking about with the status quo, it causes us to settle, settle, settle. You're going to settle Maybe you have a friend or a relative who treats you badly, and you're going to settle to keep that person around or you. Or a spouse. Or a spouse. Yes. I didn't make that correlation because yeah. you're fabulous, hon. But yes, <laughs> some you. people, I hope I am too. Yes, you are. I was going to say it, but some you people, um, yes, you settle. You settle in a lot of different ways. I think we hear, oh, you know, that kind of flippant, he's settling or she's settling in a relationship, and that's people just being judgy, but, I mean, maybe there's some truth to that. You settle in your career just to have a job, just to have income. Um, what was it the other day? Oh, this is an example. We were looking to buy a My car died. Transmission yes. kaput. We yes. were forced to buy a car, and it took weeks, and I kept saying... I'm about to settle because there's very little inventory. Yeah, and if you're I'm, not looking you know, for a car right now, trust me. If I you know, start that's to, a little sidebar. There was difficult. nothing, and I thought, yeah. I don't really want those wheels, or that car had been smoked in, or that's not the right color. I was going to settle for all these things. Again, it's, it's, it's every little way. Um, for the fear of I'm not, there's not, not one out there it. for me. Right. I'm not going to find it. Uh, so thankfully that didn't happen and we got very, very lucky and we bought a car. So the next way that fear really causes um, us to hold back, sorry, it causes us to withdraw. Does that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, it does. Yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at absolutely. you like, dun, 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 Derek. Yes, I'm guilty it does. of that. It, it, but... Derek's guilty of it. So I kind of look at him um, and he, you don't have to interject. That's okay. But it does. You know, when you're fearful of something and you can talk about this in a fight or flight situation, you hear psychologists talk about that. Oh, if, if it's confrontation, a lot of people do not like confrontation. So they withdraw. Um, but it really could be anything. It could be a hurt relationship. It could be hurt feelings. Someone said something. It could be maybe you have a boss that's very overbearing and, and you're fearful of him. So you, even walking on eggshells is withdrawing. It's not being your truest, 
authentic self. It's not using your voice. Or withdraw to avoid the emotional connection with some of those fears. 100%. 100%. See, I threw something in there that was good. Would you like to interject <laughs> a personal okay. story about no, withdrawal? No, we, we'll, we'll get to that in the okay. second half of the podcast. Okay. All right, you do the next one. So it causes us to pro- procrastinate. I was going to read it, but I was going to take a few minutes before I did. It causes took us you to a second to <laughs> say it there, pal. Procrastinate. Yeah. Yes. It does. It causes you to procrastinate. And I know I'm guilty of this. My biggest procrastination, and this is back going into business, is accounting. I hate it. And I hate it because I I don't understand it. Someone asked me on the podcast a couple shows ago what, maybe it was on the um, Celebrating Powerhouse Women that I did through this Business Radio X platform. What would you go back? What could you go back, teach yourself, learn? A hundred percent, I would have taken some accounting classes in school because now I own multiple businesses and I am self-taught and I procrastinate. I mean, years and behind. And I think we all procrastinate from that standpoint because it takes time. <sighs> it's, it's very cumbersome. And when cumbersome. you hate it and you don't understand yes. it and you mix one number and you have to go back three months and figure it out. I mean, yeah. it's fearful. It's fear. Yeah. It's fear that I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going to mess all this up. So I'm going to procrastinate and let it all just pile up. Yeah, I get it. I Example get it. for you. Go ahead. <laughs> Procrastination, Derek. Get back to me. I, I got to think about it. <laughs> I'm going to withdraw for a few minutes. I have your example. You may or may <laughs> okay. not like this. Derek, when we met, unfortunately, your parents had passed and you inherited a lot of their things, and those things were piled up in the garage, and your procrastination is you didn't want to go through it. And I think that's very natural, and I think that's very normal. I think a lot of people hearing this, I have people come to me through the furniture business all the time. So-and-so has passed. I have to go through this. I I don't want to. It's been sitting. It's in storage. I mean, I think that's a very grief. It can be a very normal procrastination. It got moved around a lot in the garage. Yeah. From one side to the other and then another yeah. and in the house, then out back in the garage. So Perfectly yes. normal, you know, but not wanting to touch those things and feel those memories. And I, I perfectly understand. But in essence, it's procrastination. It's also some level of closure when you finally get through all that. Okay, it's done now. But you don't want to. You want to procrastinate and put that off to some extent as long as you can. Oh, that's really Prolong sweet. the memory. Well, I personally have not experienced that. So I love that you were able to interject that. Um, my parents are still here. Yes. So, yes. We know that. <laughs> they are a yeah. big part of our life. That's for another <laughs> yes, show. Are. All right. Moving on. It causes us to be mentally distracted. I think nowadays that's huge with cell phones. And that can go right into procrastination. I think all of this is definitely can be lumped together. Like, think about... If you're stressed out, what's the number one thing that people will go do? Oh, something that's mindless. Yeah, a game. scroll on Instagram, play a game, sure. Instagram, Facebook, any social media, really. Watch videos, watch reels. Yeah. I mean, you just want to unplug. You'll um, tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to do this for a couple of minutes and take my mind off of whatever I'm dealing with. But then 30 minutes later, you look up and go, man, I'm still playing words with friends. Yep. Or Angry Birds or whatever the game may be. Yep, absolutely. So All next- right. Next one, this is a biggie, and this is the one that I led with, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but it is the fear of failure. Fear, 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 right there in the number one. A lot of people, especially if you've gone out and the business is yours alone, maybe you just have a high position and and you have a lot on your shoulders and you don't want to fail 
in front of a team or a boss or, or really no matter what that position is. Um, maybe you don't have a paid job and you're just on the PTA and you want to make sure all your events go smoothly. I mean, it could absolutely be anything. Fear of failure can be paralyzing for people. Right. We associate failure with disappointment. And mm -hmm. you're afraid you're going to disappoint not only yourself, but all those that depend on you in a certain circumstance when you do fail. But then again, too, you also know that failure is one of the best lessons you can have in life. It is. It, that's a hard lesson to learn. It's a very difficult lesson, but you have to fail many times over to eventually succeed. How many times have you heard that? Absolutely. So it, it's tough, but yes, there is always some lesson to learn from failure. We need it. I hate to say it, but we don't want to face it. We don't want to deal with it, but we do need it on some level. The next one needs no explanation. It is the fear of being abandoned or alone. No one wants that. No, we are humans no. in, in our human nature. You know, we don't want that. It is rejection and it is self-esteem. Sure. Even an owner wants to have some Somebody. contact at yes, some point. Absolutely. Next, you had fear of expressing your true feelings, being able to open up and express what's going on and how you feel. Vulnerability. Yeah, vulnerability. That's, yes. That's a good way to put it. There is, um, she's an author. She is, I believe she's a PhD doctor. She studies vulnerability. Her name is Brene Brown. She's hugely popular right now. I think she's brilliant, brilliant. Um, if anyone, you know, is looking for some good podcasts and some good reading material. Uh, but her knowledge, her teachings on vulnerability and what it means to people and how hard it is to actually truly break through and be vulnerable with someone. I mean, it, it was very eye-opening to me to listen to her. So I'm just going to stop right there and tell anyone if, if vulnerability is your fear, go seek out Brene Brown. <laughs> She's fabulous. And then fear of loss. That's the next one. I'm going to combine that one with the fear of death because those yeah, can those be, you know, I understand loss and that could be tangible. You know, you lose an object. It doesn't mean as much, but lose a loved one, lose a pet, lose a friend. I mean, even in a friendship, maybe it's time for that friendship to end. Maybe it's time for a relationship to end. You mm -hmm. brought up divorce earlier. Um, that can all be loss, and, and that can hurt, and you will grieve that just the same as, as you will death. Well, fear of loss and fear of death also trigger a fear of the unknown. Absolutely. What's going to go on now that I've lost my mom or lost my dad or my spouse or even a child? You know, that's a horrible situation, but there is a true fear of what, what's going to happen next. I think any parent feels that, um, especially when you look at your kids. I mean, you just have this undying what, you know, I couldn't even imagine. You would always say, I couldn't imagine if something happened to them. But there's also a fear. I know that it runs through my head in taking all this time and trying to conquer a lot of fears. What if something happened to me? How would their lives be impacted if I wasn't here, and that to me is almost more paralyzing. Oh, it would be tragic. It would be tra beyond tragic if, if something happened to them. I just can't even fathom it. Maybe that's why it doesn't even mm -hmm. register with me. But I just think, too, um, and we have an adventure, and we'll jump into that after the break, but, you know, where I'm getting ready to do something huge and conquer a big, huge fear and live my life to the fullest. And what if something were to happen to me? Yeah, and one other thing, too, I want to talk about that uh, is very interesting. In this note, that it says successful people are self-confident. Self-confident people face their fears and act. Yes, they do. Yeah, and that, that's sometimes tough, but it's also something that is necessary. Uh, it ends with the fact that there are uh, three things you can do to help 
uh, with that, and it's admit your fears to yourself, embrace your fears, and then take action. Action is the antidote to fear. It absolutely is. And what you said right there, that is this podcast, that is my mission, that is all of this bottled up in a nutshell, is using me as the guide, as the front runner, as, you know, the... Uh, role model for this just to say I have all these fears I can go through every single one and give you a personal example of the fears that I carry but I don't let it define me I go head-on and I face them and I conquer every single one and I want to teach all of you how to do that all right we're going to come back in just a few minutes great time to take a break yes we're going to talk about conquering fears before we go to the commercial break though I do want to mention something listen closely this commercial break because we have an exciting announcement about a sponsorship Hello, everyone. As a listener of the Status Life with Lita podcast, you already know I'm attorney Derek Hayes. I've been practicing law in the state of Georgia now for over 26 years. My firm specializes in cases involving personal injury, catastrophic injury, nursing home abuse, and any other situation where someone was injured by the negligence of others. As I've said before, if insurance companies ever resolve claims the way they should, I'd be out of a job. But I'm not worried about that happening. Did you know insurance adjusters are trained to pay you as little as possible to protect their company's bottom line? They say they're genuinely concerned about you, but really the goal is to settle the claim with you for far less money than you deserve. My job is to make sure they pay the full value of your claim and nothing less. You can speak directly with me by calling my office at 404-777-HURT, visit my website at DerekMHayes.com, or check out my social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to catch my podcast, Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. I look forward to speaking with you. Tired of experiencing bloating, eczema, diarrhea, or weight problems? Get to the root cause of your dietary discomforts with five strands affordable testing. No need to schedule time off work. Just collect and send in five strands of your hair to see how intolerant your body is responding to over 600 common food items. Intolerance reactions are not life-threatening like allergies, but are responsible for most daily discomforts. Achieve your dietary and lifestyle goals by visiting 5strands.com and ordering your at-home collection kit today. Well, the exciting news is, We are welcoming Five Strands Affordable Testing as our new Status Life with Lita podcast partner. Yay! The studio audience is now doing the way. Where's Mike? There he is. There's our, yeah, Mike Mike got to it. Yeah, and and also, too, I want to refer back to the podcast we've done with them because we've done two terrific We've done two shows with them, one in season two and one in season three, and they are phenomenal. The testing, I cannot say enough about it. We have tested our whole family. You and I have done the vitamins and minerals testing. It was extremely eye-opening. It's changed the way that I eat now. Yeah, and it does teach you about the foods that your body is sensitive to, those foods that uh, you might want to stay away from. Uh, I've learned a lot, and we've used, actually, too, we've, we've had discussions at home about our testing and our results and what's good for you and what's good for me, and there's a lot that's the same, but there are a lot of things that are not good for me that are good for you, and th- likewise, things that are not good for and you. And we eat very different anyways. We do. So that was, yeah, and um, I think Lisa... Uh, in season two, she said, your body will gravitate towards the foods that mm-hmm. you are uh, you don't have an intolerance to. It's the opposite. And so. the terrific news was that my best food was lobster and filet <laughs> mignon. 
Yes. And for me, it had to do with my son because he gets very, very bad headaches. So I was able to look at some of the foods that he was eating as on the days that he would get a headache and really start to pull some of those things out of his diet and see, uh, watch his headaches get Yeah, better. even for yourself, you made a change too. <sighs> I did. <laughs> so I get my test back and I realize that I am intolerant to red wine, which is all I like. It explained a lot though too. It did because... One glass, I'm usually fine. And I'm, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a heavy drinker. But sometimes you're watching a movie That's or you're out with friends thing. and you want that second glass. I, every time I go to glass number two, I would wake up with a pounding headache, usually need migraine medicine. And it was all the intolerance of the red wine because I'm fine on white. I don't like white wine. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't affect me. And that was huge for me. And you and I have gone to Napa. We're building a wine cellar. Like wine is right. wine is it. a thing, but not anymore. Sure. But so. it also proves the the credibility of the Absolutely. test. In the sense that yes. your test showed specifically that red wine caused you issues. And lo and behold, that explained. explained Welcome, all. Five Strands. We are happy to have you on the Status Life with Lita platform. And we just hope that our listeners go to their website. It's the number five, not five spelled out, Five Strands Affordable Testing. Uh, buy your kits. They're so easy. Pull out Five Strands, send it to them. You'll get a 17-page report analyzing. And they're great people. Love them. Yep. Yes. All right. All right. We got to get back to my yeah, show. Yeah, let's get back to the show because okay. we, we took the break and we were going to come back and talk about conquering fears. So let's tackle that real quick. How do we conquer our fears? Do everything I do. <laughs> Is that enough? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Come yeah. back next week. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, no, no. All right. How do you conquer your fears? The number one way we touched on it before the break you have, and, and this is hard, and I keep going to those, I know there's anxiety, and I know that this is not going to be a replacement for anything that you need to talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist. I am not a doctor. I am an inspirational person that uses these things I'm about to tell you to have a happier, better, more joyous, more adventurous life. And the number one thing I do is I tackle that fear head on. Yeah. That's the taking action. You can let the fear control you or you can control the fear. I've heard that put it that way too. And I have plenty of fears. Plenty. I'm still afraid of failure. Yeah. I, you know, you and I climbed a mountain and I could barely get down it. My knees were so shaky. I mean, there are, you know, <laughs> little fear, big fears and little fears. Right. Um, you know, there's a million things. But if you look at it and you absolutely tackle it head on, I like to ask myself the question, and my son, he does have an autistic diagnosis, very mild, but he has some irrational fears. He does struggle with anxiety, and I, I say to him all the time, and this is more about doing something, you know, watching a scary movie, or he doesn't like to be scared, um, big roller coasters, or tubing, or mm -hmm. I don't, the fast go-karts, where we were all having a blast, and it was too much for him. He's just, you know, a little... What's the word? Not shy, really shy, but um, he's not a risk taker. Fear, no, can, fear can get the best of him. And I say to him all the time, what's the worst that's going to happen? What's, what's going to happen if you get on that roller coaster? He doesn't like that feeling. Sure. But once he does it, and I'll push him. I'm a push parent. I will push him hard. He, then he loves it. And then he'll want to do it again and again and again. But yeah. it takes, you know, it takes that push. And that's a parent-child example. Um, 
because I'll after, force him to to tackle it. And after he rides that roller coaster once, it's hey mom, let's go back let's and do, do it. it again. Let's do it. Yeah, let's absolutely. The tubing, the scary move, any anything that he's afraid of, and I know it's safe for him, and he can he can do it. Um, you know, there's no real risk. This is something that a normal teenage boy should be doing. It normal's relative. I understand that, but when his younger sister is doing it. Let's go, yeah. let's go, let's go. Anyway, another example, head on. Right, and then educating yourself about those fears and, and the fears you have and not shying away from acknowledging the fears you have. Uh, because sometimes people can look at their fears and not learn about it, uh, learn the risk, learn how to overcome it, a specific thing. Um, you, know, you, you can come up with any example. Absolutely. Know. I mean, there's an example of being on a plane, some people are terrified to fly, and yet most people die from cigarettes than on a plane, right? right. That's, a, that's an example that um, you know, I found on the internet. So I, it's just really interesting. I don't know. The education part to me is still goes back just to the realization and, and really looking at yourself. What is this rooted in? Is there, let's say it's a relationship and your fear is this person's going to leave me and you're starting to do things and act a certain way and you're almost driving that person away out of your own fears. Where's that coming from? Did someone leave you before? Mm -hmm. Did you lose a spouse prior to this? You know, was it loss? Was it a parent? Whatever the case may be, there's got to be another place that that fear is stemming from. Right, and it causes an irrational, sometimes irrational behavior. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's talk about another option, another way to conquer your fears. Yes. Uh, fear, sharing your fears with someone you trust. I think that's really important because we talked about vulnerability being a really big fear. Bottling everything up, keeping everything inside, that's just a big fear. And then you're going to have more withdrawal and you could potentially have more anxiety. I mean, it's just going to compound the layers. You're not tackling anything head on. You have to have someone you can trust, a parent, a sibling, mm -hmm. a friend. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's even your child, someone that you love. Tell them what, I mean, okay, here's a silly, what if it's, as a female, what if it's weight gain? What if it's menopause? I mean, we'll just go through things that, that people go through. You can confide these things. You don't have to just feel bad about yourself inside. Tell people what you're doing. Ask for help. Tackle the problem head on. That is with the biggest exclamation point, no matter what it is. And that's something you and I have done quite a bit of, sharing our fears and our situations with each other from almost the very beginning of the relationship. It created the trust, yeah. and it grew the trust. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me. I've, I don't know that I've ever shared this, but it, we were only a few weeks into even talking. I don't even know if you'd been around the kids yet. You know, we, we dated very, very slowly. And I remember we had chatted at night and we hung up and I was doing numbers and I was doing accounting and I was overwhelmed. And I remember calling you back mm -hmm. and you said, is everything okay? And I was just sobbing. And I just felt this overwhelming friendship and trust with you that even if we didn't make it as a couple, because I didn't know where that was going to go, that you would help me, you would hold, I didn't mean financially, I, I just meant help, talk, right. talk walk, to me, walk through, it walk through this, right. just, I needed a sounding board, and right. I have three best friends who are like sisters, and they didn't know how bad I was struggling to make ends meet with the store at that time, mm -hmm. um, 
We had lost all the carpentry revenue. You know, I mean, there was a whole million different things that I did. I had meetings, you know, renegotiated the lease. I mean, I, but you helped me through every single one of those steps because I trusted you. I didn't trust anybody. <laughs> my parents didn't know. My yeah. sister best friends didn't know. Um, but we got through it. And that's the point, too. I felt like I needed help. I felt like I was in over my head. I talked to a smart businessman who I thought could guide me through it. And we turned it into thriving. Yeah, absolutely. If you recall, too, we even went to a winery up in North Georgia. We did. During COVID. During COVID. Nobody was there. That's right. And we sat, and they closed at like 6 o'clock or some relatively early time. And they said, oh, if y'all want to sit here and just hang out, we could. We could. So they have a little courtyard area with tables and umbrellas, and we sat there for probably another two hours, three hours after they had closed just us. We had a calculator. And, and a notebook and pens, right. and we redid the store. We, we came did. back. We did. We redid all the numbers. Everything from payroll yep. to redid uh, commissions. Rents. Everything. Mm-hmm. Every redid a floor plan. We're going to move. This is. Yep. Gonna, I mean, the whole thing. But I had to trust you, and I also had to face it. Had I not taken my biggest career, I'm I'm afraid of failure. So I'm sitting in this, and I'm not telling anyone, and I'm worried, and I'm crying at night, and I'm probably not sleeping. All I needed was to ask for help and to figure it out, mm-hmm. and it worked. So I hope everyone, if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, that's probably the best advice I could give you. Well, let's stress that again. Share your fears with someone you trust. Absolutely. Big, and big, big talk one. Talk through them. Yep. And the next, accept the truth, because sometimes the truth can hurt, but you do have to accept whatever that truth may be and, and use that to continue to conquer those fears. Last one, focus on the positive. That is huge in this because fear is going to tell you everything negative. Fear is going to keep you stuck. Fear is going to make you, every time I ask that question, what's the status of your life? If you have a fear-based response and not a loving, positive response, it's really going to change the way that you're living your life. Are you going to walk forward with a big smile on your face and an adventure around the corner and something that you've conquered? Or are you going to possibly be lonely or withdrawn or, again, stuck in fear? Um, I do, you know, I touched on clinical anxiety and I know depression and anxiety are are best friends. and, And, you know, I'm here to be uplifting. I'm here to be an inspiration. I'm here to give you some of my stories, personal, business, being a mom and and really tell you these are the things that I've done to conquer my fears. I have a story. It may sound so trivial, but this means a lot to me because can we talk about KDA? Do we have a second? Yeah, please. Are you my yeah, I've, I've been okay. waiting for you to bring this up. We have not talked about this yet. So I am a kidney donor. Uh, I gave my kidney to my father in 2017. The studio audience is clapping Yay! again. Okay, thank you. Um, I don't know. I don't take applause for that. I just you should. Some, I know everybody says that, but and it was like, oh, you saved your dad. I, yes, I saved my dad, and that was the point of it. Um, so KDA, kidney donor athletes. And I found kidney donor athletes on Instagram. I'm actually writing a story for them about a 25K that I had run a few years ago on one kidney. And they had uh, an application process. And you, as a kidney donor, you could fill out this lengthy application. And if you get selected, they're taking, I believe, 20 kidney donors from across the United States. If you are selected, 
there you will fly to Guatemala and you will summit three volcanoes in Guatemala with 20 other kidney donors. It's three in five days, right? Yes. And the mission is, the reason, like, okay, well, that's amazing. Why would you want to do that? Because KDA wants to show everyone out there that there are over, I believe, 300,000 people waiting for a kidney. Most of those people are going to wait. There are not that many cadavers for the amount of people that are waiting. There are not that many living donors. A lot of families do not have matches, and they are waiting. They have sick children, sick loved ones. And I'm telling you, dialysis is not a way of life. It is very painful for your loved ones. We are the athletes. Not, not me, personally. I'm pointing at myself, well, right? I was an athlete right. before I was a donor. It made me a really good donor. I was in really excellent physical condition. KDA wants to show people, specifically athletes, you can achieve that same level of fitness after you donate a kidney. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You See, go. you conquer that fear head on. I threw my name in the hat to get picked to be a KDA Guatemala and? Volcano Summit. I got picked. Yeah, I got picked. Yes. So actually on the podcast, the next podcast that I tape, uh, Natalie is coming. She is one on the board of directors for KDA. And we're going to do a deeper dive into this. Uh, we're going to do fundraising. This is a nonprofit. KDA is going to help, you know, all bring awareness and all these kidney donors. It's huge. I mean, I just get chills when I talk about it. This is an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, I'm going by myself. <laughs> well, you'll have a, a Sherpa, Once right? I, um, there, there are guides there. Uh -huh. Yes. But no, I mean, out of Atlanta, right, there's right. no one else in the South. There's, yeah, I think, somebody in Florida. But I got to go to Guatemala alone, meet up with this group, make lifelong friends, and I got to go summit three volcanoes. And sleep on the side of a volcano. One of, one of the, one nights, of the right? nights is a... And is tents a, and sleeping yeah. bags. And yes. So yes. that, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, number one, that you did the kidney donation, but secondly, that you're being, being able to go and, and do something as strenuous as that. Yeah. Um, I, go Google KDA if, if you get a chance, read about it, learn about it, and follow it. Uh, they have Instagram. They also oh, have yeah. Facebook, Everything. right? KDA, okay. yes. And actually... Uh, it's either this week or next week. I will be their featured uh, KDA athlete, athlete for the week. Great. Yes. Terrific. Yes, right. I've got well. to finish my story. It's written, but I just wanted to pull together all the pictures. But anyway, so go to KDA. Go to my Instagram. I know we always close with that. Um, everything that we talked about for the house, the podcast, everything is linked. The blog is almost finished. I'm so excited. I just have some more merchandise I have to load. Um, just big things happening. And I'm just smiling big because that's what this is all about. Just doing big things, conquering your fears. Use me as a guide. If you have questions, statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. I'm always here to answer things. Um, so thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for gonna, your time. You're going to put the link for the KDA story about you on your social media. Yeah. Correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, good, good. yes, yes. When that goes out. And as a reminder, yep. don't forget about our new sponsor, I know. That's right. Five Strands Affordable Testing. Five Strands Affordable Testing. Yes. Check them out as well. We really appreciate their involvement and look forward to a great relationship with them. Absolutely. Well, Five, that, okay. I got to read this. Hold on. Hold on. Real fast. A reminder, Status Life with Lita is sponsored by Five Strands Affordable Testing. Thank you, Five Strands. Gain personalized insights on how your body interacts with your diet and lifestyle patterns. 
All they need is five strands of hair and you'll receive personalized results to help you reach your health and wellness goals. That is absolutely true. Visit number five strands, S-T-R-A-N-D-S dot com to learn more. Bye guys. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you again very much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Business Radio X, Derek Hayes Law, and Five Strands Affordable Testing. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and Lita's Instagram, Status Life with Lita, so you don't miss any upcoming shows. This program and all the other shows are available on your favorite podcast apps. Until next time, for Lita Brooks Hayes, I'm Derek Hayes, and you're listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.